Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff, and we are here for another wonderful episode of the Freedom Nation podcast. Today, my guest is Carrie Ann Powell. Carrie Ann started her career as an attorney, went into into uh, both government service, lobbying, and kind of finished her, her career in the corporate world working on a major project that you'll get to hear about, a monument in Washington, D.C. From there, she actually went on to found her own business. And today she works with business owners to help them figure out what the challenges are when it comes to scaling their business, building systems, and multitudes of areas around working with those small businesses to help them grow. So I hope you enjoy the show. We'll be right back with you in just a second. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Freedom Nation, it's Jeff here once again, and today we are going to have some fun. I have Carrie Ann Powell on. Carrie Ann started her life as a lawyer and went on to some really fun things, so we're excited to have this conversation. We did a little quick pre-interview, and she's got some really fun things that she's done in her life, and she is somewhere in the world. We'll just say that. <laughs> Carrie Ann, welcome to the show, my friend. Jeff, my man, how are you? I am fantastic. Let's kick us off by telling us your story a little bit. How'd you get started? Yeah. So I was a Washington, D.C. lawyer, lobbyist, and a fundraiser for high-level projects. And so the last one I, I did before I went into my business was building, uh, raising the $120 million to raise um, and build the Martin Luther King Memorial on the National Mall. We've, I've said it before, but it is the most beautiful. <laughs> it, it's the coolest. And, and thank you for thank you for doing that project because it finally, I think, really laid Martin Luther King out the way he should have been, uh, his prominence you, in the world. So just thank awesome you, project. What, I really what a way to go out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was definitely one of, it still remains one of the uh, most fulfilling things I've done. I absolutely love yeah. it. Um, as a matter of fact, I still go back whenever I get back to D.C. I often go, particularly at night, and, and sit there. Just oh. it sort of feels spiritual for me. I was able to sort of, you know, think things through, and you know, it's yeah. a wonderful space. So yeah, so you know, once I did that, I, I was like, okay, what what is the next thing that I'd like to do? What's the next adventure? And yeah. you know, I, I knew that I was leaning towards, um, you know, starting my business and, and moving into mm-hmm. that because I had started a business, and um, just from the uh, while I was building the memorial. While I was, so I was just using that entity as I was, you know, I was leading retreats and, and conferences and such like that. Okay. But yeah, kind so of your little side hustle for a little bit there. Exactly. Had a bit of a yeah. side hustle. <laughs> Love it. And so, you know, I, I, I really was um, thinking, what would that look like? So, of course, the, the natural thought was, well, you know, I just sort of, you know, move into consulting for fundraising because that's what okay. I do really well. And many many people were bringing me on. As a matter of fact, I did do that for a bit, um, you know, but I realized that what I was leaning more towards was the 
the strategic planning, helping companies and organizations, NGOs as well, to really mm. become strategic about how they are going to thrive, whether it's through revenue, whether it's through, you know, anything. And so yeah. that was really where I began to to kind of, you know, spark up a bit. And, yeah. and, and, and was that something you were doing before in your other roles? And then this was just kind of a natural extension or just, hey, yeah. I really enjoy this. I'm going that way. It was something that I'd I'd always done. It wasn't the core okay. primary thing that I that I did, but I cut my teeth on it from early days coming out of college, going into my first professional career, you know, sort nice. of the ideal strategic planning and being able to sort of, you know, uh, figure out not just creating a strategic plan and being strategic about your planning, but also the execution of it. And obviously, mm. any big project requires that, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> any anything that you want to get that's sort of bigger than yourself. Yeah. You do it doesn't matter money. if you're an NGO or you're a company. You've got to raise capital. You got to figure out ways to grow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and be able to find a way to execute it well. So yeah, so then you know I started doing that, and then it just sort of evolved into what I have today, which is a business strategy and consulting company for small and medium sized companies. So that's how it I love it. Here. What a cool story. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. So I'm I'm a company. I own a company. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sitting here going, I, I need to figure out what my next step is. What what's your typical engagement with somebody look like? Yeah. So, you know, pain pain is always a bit more what's the <laughs> word? Motivating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Motivating than no. We're either going towards pleasure or going away from pain. So yes. that's it. <laughs> yes. So, you know, folks usually come to us when they are experiencing pain. I mean, there are yeah. some forward thinkers that, that are like, hey, we know we have a vision for the company. You know, can you come in and help us formulate? And I yeah. love, love, love that. Oh, yeah. The well, those part. are the fun ones to work with because you're not trying to drag them along here. <laughs> They're usually pushing you along. Yeah, exactly. And there's lots of like a bloody mess that you got to clean up, right? You yep. Know? So when they so when the folks come to me when there's there's a pain situation, I like mm-hmm. to call that there's a symptom of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and there's usually four that I have found, and uh, we talk about a lot okay. in the company. You know, one is they've been around for a bit and they are not scaling. Like they're growing, okay. but they're yeah. not scaling. The the and and that's a big problem, right? That gap between expenses and revenue continues to stay the same while they grow, and so therefore they're mm-hmm. not scaling. And that's a big problem. That That is a symptom of, of chaos if, yeah. if it's not happening. Or they're having a cash flow problem. There's no cash, right? It's a cash flow problem. They just can't get it under control. Now, looky here. When you have a small and medium, medium-sized company, you're always going to have a bit of ups and downs, right? Hmm. But when there is perpetual cash problems, that's a, a symptom of chaos. So they usually come from that. Okay. The third one is, you know, a lot of the companies that I work with, are still owner slash founder operated mm-hmm. or they are still engaged in the business somehow. Yeah. And so the CEO, the founder, the owner cannot step away from the business without feeling like it's going to implode. So yep. they're in it, they're stuck to it. Talk about lack of freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always put it as you let you probably left working for somebody else and built mm-hmm. the most beautiful prison in the world that you've locked yourself into. <laughs> so that's a big one because you know at first people feel like you know this is just sort of atheist stuff. They're like just tough it out that kind of thing. Yeah. But when you're in it for a bit, you're like, wait, oh, yeah. there's a problem. I, I need to this, fix this. This has got to get better sometime, and it's not because <laughs> you yeah. Not. Yeah. I, yeah. I told somebody one time. I said the the best thing that ever happened to me was the the pandemic because mm-hmm. it made me stop 
and slow down a little bit and realize that I worked for the worst boss that I'd ever worked for in my life. And it was me. <laughs> yes. So true. Oh my goodness. And I guess the fourth one is a big one, but um, you know, there's an in, uh, inability to either um, um, build a strong team. The team is okay. subpar and yep. There's sort of, and usually, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, people come to me and they're like, well, you know, my team isn't doing well. We need to fix them. (laughs) I want to, I'm always like, well, let's start at the top and work down from there. I've had five divorces and all those women have been terrible. Uh, Maybe there's a common trend. (laughs) Yeah. So those are usually the four main sort of what I call symptoms of chaos that people come to me on. And it just so happens, Jeff, that these are also the top four reasons why businesses fail. Not why small businesses fail, why all businesses that fail. Mm -hmm. Those were top four reasons. So kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. So, but the thing is, though, what I have found is when I work with, 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 with clients is that my philosophy and what I know to be true about the work that I do is that those are never the real reasons <laughs> why these, you know, why your business is having these problems. There are these underlying fundamental things that are missing. And the problem that business owners have is that because fish can't see water, mm-hmm. they don't, they can't identify really what's the underlying foundational problem that's causing all of this bubbling up chaos that Mm -hmm. you see in the business. And they often misdiagnose and spend money and time trying to fix something that's not the actual culprit. And then they, you know, sort of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a never ending cycle of, of trying to fix it. The morale goes down, the whole thing happens. So I've seen it too many times. So I like to sort of think there's sort of eight fundamental core things that a business must put into place in order for there to be an addressing of the symptoms of chaos. And it's just like, you know, you go to the doctor, you say you got a backache, you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor or you could go on WebMD and you diagnose that you probably have like, you know, I don't know, you pulled something, you know, out of, you lifted something and you pulled it. Right. But there are many other reasons why you could have a backache. You could have a kidney problem. Right. I mean, it's just many reasons why you could have a backache. And so, that's the sort of idea is that we basically come in and we're like, okay, we recognize that you have all of these sort of symptoms and we're not going to sort of have a knee jerk reaction and say, oh, you're, you know, you can't scale. So the problem must be X, Y, Z. You maybe need to get mm-hmm. more, you know, whatever. We go in, we do an assessment, audit, see what's really happening in the company. We sort of see where the red, red, red flaming, oh my gosh, moments are. We see the yellows, we see the greens, and then we sort of get to work on creating um, um, planning to be able to address those things. And sometimes those things are pretty simple and sometimes Mm -hmm. kind of a thing and there's going to take a while for the company to get out of it. But the bottom line is that once the, the first step really is becoming aware that there is chaos, because believe it or not, there are a lot of folks that live in chaos, business owners, and they think, well, this is just the, this is what it looks like. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I see that on the on the exit planning side, you know, and I work with business owners on the exit planning side. You know, I mean, I I come into it on the front end of, okay, well, here's where, you know, here's here's where you need to be. Here's where you are today. Here's where you need to be. Well, I need you know, I need this much money to you know live on. Okay, well, great. We're going to have to grow the business. And then then you find that unwillingness 
to actually, you know, yeah, the, right. the, there's a lot of lip service of, mm-hmm. oh, I want to grow this business. But then when it comes down to it, you run into the, well, you really don't want to because you don't really want things to change. You want exactly. them to just stay where they are. <laughs> exactly, Jeff. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny you said that around the um, exit planning because I was yeah. talking to a prospective client. This company had been around for about 50 years. Okay. Okay. And it was started by one 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 gentleman, but he was very close to he hired someone on very early on. And mm. so he they were the the other person's family became so it's sort of like two families are running this business. Seventy-five percent of the folks that work at the company are related to one or the other of the, the two individuals. Yes. We've got a whole generation of folks that want to now retire. Sure. Out of the business. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, God bless them. They did sort of have some sort of a plan where there were a couple of folks, the younger generation, they were sort of beginning to sort of train a bit and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it's not looking good. They're now having to have conversations around creating the insurance policy in order to be able to get into the whole thing, Jeff. And it's like, and, and, and it was interesting, the, the person who I was speaking with was sort of the, not the owner, but the person who was like right below the owner, right? The other family mm. member. Sure. And, you know, she was really so aware that this was a problem. They needed to do this and, and stuff, but could they, she just couldn't get all the other folks to come on board yeah. and realize they need to bring someone on board to help them with well, this. It, it's, it's funny when they decide, oh, well, we're going to train all these people to do this, but then we're actually never going to give them responsibility to, to do it, you know, so yes, you're going to be the heir apparent, you're going to be the one to do this, but I'm never actually going to relinquish power to you to yes, do this. You sound like you're someone who knows a little bit about this. Well, when you were describing this client, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I've worked with that exact same client. <laughs> I know, I know. And and, and, I, and I get it, right? Like it's, it's a scary, scary, scary process to kind of relinquish mm. something where your blood, sweat and tears and but it's also scary where you're like, if you cannot pass this on in a way where the business can thrive, yep. because what is the percentage that I read? I think it was like something around 80% of companies where you pass on to the family members of family, the business fails within one generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's typically 80% of, of second generation businesses fail and then 70% of third generation businesses fail. So, you know, so you. you Look at that. Okay, by the time we get to the third generation, it's done. It's basically a zombie at that point because you, you've lost that because they don't do a good job of making that transition. Yes, yes. And then you know people always mistake what what they could sell something for because you know oh, they're yeah. like you know yeah I want to sell it by multiples. Okay, well, sweetie, um, like there are no <laughs> systems in the business. <laughs> it, it just, yeah, a, basically, the business is run on paper. <laughs> And you're passing paper around it. You know, I think the other side of the coin, too, you know, is is the is a generational shift, too, because yes. the bulk of businesses, small businesses today are owned mm-hmm. by baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And they're the largest generation and the yes. highest percentage of people That's true. who own businesses of any generation. Yes. Followed up with our generation, which mm-hmm. is coming behind them. And we're the smallest generation. Mm-hmm. And the least percentage of business owners. 
So if you're that baby boomer, you you better do some work because yeah. our generation also says, I don't want to work 90 hours. Yes, yes, yes. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious too, you know, it's like there's there's a certain amount of, you know, I often say a business is an entity, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of yourself, because so many people don't really realize that you yourself are not the business. The business is an entity outside of yourself that's designed for the purpose of, of creating value, generating value mm-hmm. to yep. the stakeholders, the customers, the owners, the employees, the investors, whatever. So if this company here is is sold in your hands and so you're so tightly connected to it in a way that you can't if you step away from it in mm-hmm. any form or fashion it's it doesn't exist or just implodes you've done such a disservice to all yeah. of the other stakeholders your customers your i mean think about Boy, it your, yeah. your customers your employees i mean it's not it's not fair no. <laughs> it's not yeah. fair so well, I, and, I, and not to not to say also that you there's that psyche that you know I built this whole business up and then I walked away and it just all fell apart and that has to do some damage to your psyche as I'm well. I'm sure it does. I'm sure you it know. does. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. It's I guess it's sort of like you, you know you either and I don't like to think of it as medicine but like you either take your medicine now, yeah. you know, or you take the medicine later. But you're gonna take the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, at some it point now. it's gonna happen. <laughs> do, it now. do it now but yeah so so that that's so answer your question that is sort of how we we, we engage with 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 nice. owners you know they they come to us they either could say hey I'm, you know one of my more recent clients that came a couple months ago you know is like look we're we're we're, we're getting ready to scale and we're getting ready to scale big and nice. you know i need you to come in and do this and it's fantastic we love it we know we're doing all, mm. we have the time to do the strategic planning that because normally if if it's a crisis you know i like to have time and let the strategic planning process marinate because yeah. you know you know obviously you can always do like you know a three-day offsite and do the whole thing but there is something around sort of getting people in their thought process and letting things sit for a bit let them say, well, you know, I came back and I thought about this and actually, you know, I realized this is the direction we want to go or this is how mm. fast we want to scale or, you know, all of these different things. But nonetheless, this particular type of way, we love doing that because then yeah. it allows for and it allows it, it gives you the time, the oxygen, the room for the entire team to be a part of that process. When there is crisis, it's it's a little bit difficult because now you're like you got to stop yeah. gap a couple things right people are bleeding like the company's bleeding and you just gotta clean it up yeah. and, and- you gotta do whatever you can put the lipstick on the pig and get it okay let's all right <laughs> we've patched it up we've put some duct tape and ban- <laughs> bailing wire on it <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. Um, but yeah but i love it we love it it's a, it's a great way to to impact and help companies, owners, because when they're, when they, when everything is all said and done and they look at you and they're like, thank you, God bless you, (laughs) you know, I'll give you my firstborn, Um, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Just please don't ever leave me. (laughs) You realize you've done something. And and of course, when the employees are like, you know, they're like, like, yeah. Well, because I mean, so many times they know what the, yeah, they know the problem. They've seen the problems and they just can't, it it sometimes takes that person coming in from the outside to go, have you ever thought that the problem is you? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, everybody's been telling me that over these years. I just didn't listen to them. Didn't so. listen, you know, didn't listen. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, well, is there, is there anything kind of new in your world that you want to share with the world now? Or? Well, you know, one of the things that's really exciting is that uh, a couple months ago we we launched a uh, you know sort of a, a, a what we call a monthly dose of of strategy for small and medium sized okay. businesses. It's a live that we do you know on LinkedIn and we stream it to YouTube and and, and Facebook. And I was just sort of doing it as a way to kind of you know add value and to keep our face mm-hmm. out there. But we're really loving it, and you know, and and now so we started adding guests and bringing people on and having real you know, conversations around. So it's called the Founders Check. And and it's something that we're really enjoying because it really, it's sort of just like, you know, quick dose of, you know, hey, strategy, like do it, get yeah. it done, move on, you know, none of the, yeah. uh, we don't got to go into the, the the details of it. If you want to get more details of different funds, but it's really well, it, great because we do it once, you know, the first Thursday of every month. Okay. And it's just something that, you know, give, brings, and it also brings people together, other business owners to sort of, you know, like, you know, sort of say, okay, what are you doing? What's your company? And, you know, we have them type Mm -hmm. in and what are the problems that you're dealing with? And it really gives a space for people to just sort of share, because that is the one thing I think about being an owner, founder, or business, a CEO, is it's a bit of a lonely journey. Yeah. And Yeah. Well, because daddy can't tell you, yeah, daddy can't tell all the kids all the problems that are going on. Otherwise they're all going to bolt and leave the company. So yes. yeah, it's, it's a lonely job. It's a lonely and job. there's virtually nobody you can talk to. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate because I work with my wife. Yeah. So, I mean, we know what's going on inside the company and we at least have somebody to talk, you know, we can talk to each other, you know, as we go through it. So, I mean, yeah. uh, that's, that's one thing when people are like, I can't work with my spouse. I'm like, I love it. You know, one, cause she yes. does stuff that I am terrible at. <laughs> uh, but two, you know, it's it's having that person to bounce ideas off of. There is something having that person, so you know, good about so you've that. You've got to find that whatever it is, whether it's you know doing your your version of it, you know, getting into a Vistage group, whatever it is, you've got to find you other people find that are it. in your in your seat. You must find it, and you know, you talk about freedom. You know, yeah, there is a certain feeling of freedom <laughs> that yeah. happens when you can. When you hear someone say, me too, right? Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not the only and that, one. <laughs> I get the same problem. Let's figure out how we can fix it together. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes some whew, weight off you and you're like, okay, yeah. bam. Because there, it is, you know, if you don't, we're always told, particularly if you're, if you own a business, the idea is, well, you should know what you're doing. And, mm. you know. I, I you know, most of us are making it up every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, so that's something that I'm really excited about, and you know, we've been doing it for a couple months that's now. That's awesome. We've been driving. We're doing, doing well, it. I mean, it, I, I look at it the other way too. It kind of trains your future clients too. Yeah, because you can refer to yeah, you can refer to hey, we do this every month, and yeah. if they're not quite ready to work with you yet, they start to see the value of that. Yes. I mean, it's it's a great way of doing it. Yes. What we do with, I mean, I do this with the podcast. I do this with our YouTube channel, that very same thing. It's like, hey, I just want to share with you my ideas. And maybe you're not ready today, but you might be ready somewhere down the road. Yeah. And then when you are, we're here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know where to find us at this point. Yeah. Well, let's transition to the fast five questions now. Bring it on. You ready? (laughs) All right. 
<laughs> Number one, you wake up in the morning. Your business is gone. Still have the knowledge in your head. 500 bucks in your pocket. A laptop computer. Place to live. What are you going to do first? You know, I'm going to first, obviously, once you do the centering part, right? <laughs> you're like, you're okay. The world is not falling apart. I reach out to my network. Okay. I reach out to, I, I found that, you know, even though I am like the queen of strategy and you mm -hmm. like, and every, you know, one of those, uh, every one of those, you know, tests, you know, they do those little tests that, they, you know, personality tests, discs, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I always, I'm all on the high part of strategy. But what I have found, all of the success, I say not some, all of the successes in my life is because of my network. The yep. And, and, and I tell people all the time, like, yeah, mm -hmm, have a plan, know how you're going to execute it, execute it exceptionally, do what you need to do, bring your people along. So mm. I go to my network, yeah. I call people, start having conversations and then see where it goes. See, yeah, here's what I can do. Help me to, to get in front of those people. Yes. What is the biggest business mistake you've ever made? I try to scale too fast. <laughs> yeah. I tell a story whenever, I, you know, I speak at conferences all the time and I tell a story and it's yeah. embarrassing, but I, I don't have, I'm not embarrassed about it anymore because I uh -huh. think it's important to drive it home. It is better to not scale at all than to scale too fast. Yeah. I think that the stats are two out of three people, three out of three, two out of three companies that have made it to the Inc. 5000's fastest scaling companies and mm -hmm. fail. Meaning they yeah. either sell their companies at a loss, go completely out of business within six years after hitting wow. scale. After hitting that, yeah, after, after hitting the list, yeah, because it. Well, you get so focused on I'm, you know, I'm trying to hit this list. I'm trying to hit this prize, and then you get there. I, I was listening to a YouTube thing today. A guy that's, that's talking about scaling YouTube channels, and yes. he said the same thing. He said like. Three quarters to almost 80, I think 80 to 90 percent of YouTube channels that reach the monetization stage, which is a hard, I mean, it takes yeah. a long slog well, to get there. That. He's like 80 percent of them never scale beyond that because wow. they they literally burn themselves out and they had this prize. Oh, I'm going to get monetized. And, you know, that's just the beginning. <laughs> they get you know, and I think that's the same thing. You get so many of these people, they just get burned out. Yes. You know, or the business kind of just burns out because, mm -hmm. okay, we've pushed, 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 and we just can't push anymore yeah. or we just don't want to push. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A large part of what I do with people is just helping them sort of figure out how, how fast they want to scale, what does scale look yeah. like for them, and being able to make sure they're creating capacity within their team and themselves so that they're not going to burn out at the end. Yeah. Well, and they have to understand too. They're going to have to. They're going to have to invest for two to three years down the road. Not that you might not get immediate return on. You're mm -hmm. going to have to invest because you can't if you don't put the infrastructure in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's there. I mean, I I saw it from going from a very large practice where I sold out and then started kind of anew again. And yeah. you know, I I realized here's all the mistakes we made before. I didn't we didn't automate the practice enough from the beginning. And it was this time, all right, before we start adding, before I start adding people, I need to get all the systems in place. And I need to think about this as if I, just as if I was training people. Yes. Jeff, to what do you this. just said, you know, people, 
that's like a million dollar advice right there. Yeah. And people like people here, they're like, okay, we just too much. That is million dollar advice, people. If you're listening right there, automating your business before anything else, mm-hmm. working at a scalable company is the most important thing, even more important than scaling. Yeah. Well, and it's like don't don't be you out know, start to look at every processy that you have in your business. And if it's if there's if something can be bogged down by a person in that process, okay, what can be automated around that to free that person up? Precisely. And we don't have to rely on those little clogs in the business. Precisely. Um, and you all, you constantly have to be thinking about Yeah, that. you have to be perpetually. That's why, you know, one of the eight components that I always talk about within okay. the thing is this idea of innovation and optimization together. Okay. Right. Yeah. And this idea, you need to constantly be innovating, but you need to constantly optimizing as well. And sometimes mm-hmm. those things can sort of hit against each other because yeah. you're perpetually optimizing on the, your current systems and the innovation feels like it's faltering, but those, both those things have equal weight. And if you don't have a process to make sure you're doing that, that is also a problem too, because then Plus the innovation the side of it's way more fun than the optimization. Oh, of course. More sexy, Jeff. <laughs> What's a great book that you'd recommend for our audience? You know, I have to admit that there have been so many great ones, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to hate me. I, I, I'm going to go to say with two, if you don't mind. We've got no, please. If you are someone who's hasn't read the E Myth yet, yeah, you must read it. It is an oldie but a goodie. But it's the fundamentals. I think still remain, and it's I don't know, thirty years in, right? Yeah. So if you haven't read yeah, the E Myth. And like three, three updates since. Yeah, totally right. Michael Gerber is the man. So yeah. I would say definitely that. But you know, one book I have been really jonesing on lately is Jim Collins' BE 2.0, Beyond okay. Entrepreneur 2.0. It's the updated version he did yeah. during like 2020 or something like that. Yeah. And I, I'm loving this book. I, I started reading it about a year and a half ago. And I just go back to it because there's some such really principled things in there because Jim Collins is fantastic. You know, he's the yeah. guy who brought us the BHAG. But, you know, so I would say, you know, if you've done E-Myth, you got it, go check out Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0. Okay. Awesome. That's one I haven't heard in a while. You know, usually you hear good to great with him. So Yes, yes, yes. You see, what, what I love about BEB 2.0 is because and he says it. He said he wrote it specifically for small businesses because yeah. he's like he said he actually and, and it's interesting, you know, when he started working at Stanford, he was it was all about entrepreneurship. That's what he was teaching back at Stanford. Yeah. But he's all yeah, and then he kind of morphed into the working with the big monster businesses and yeah. And he says it. He's like, he's like, people always think of me as sort of this big company guy. He's like, no, 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 no. I really am at the sore core. The reason why I started looking at big companies and the ones that 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 are great is to is to sort of sift out the mm-hmm. principles of those but that, yeah. that that they did so that small businesses can begin to implement them because so they can last and be great. And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, Good for you, Jim. I'm with you on yeah. that. Go back, yeah, go back to yeah, go back to your roots, bud. <laughs> What's a good tool that you use in your business every day? Okay, so so many good ones, but this one is the one that I am going to stand on this hill. 90IO. It's a. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's it's basically uh-huh. an operating system, sort of a a, a platform 
Um, and the whole thing around this, and I've basically started bringing like all my clients into 90IO. It yeah. is the place where you can begin to upload your entire strategic plan, all your KPIs, all the ownership within the nice. company of all the things that are important to you and be able to track those babies because you know what? 67% of fantastic strategic plans fail because of lack of implementation. Why don't sure. they implement is because they can't track it. They don't, there's not a place to go look at it. You know, back in the day, Jeff, you do a strategic plan, you put in a cute little folder. It's all fancy. Love <laughs> down. It's in the CEO's office. You know, <laughs> Yeah. You walk by it and that's nobody, it. yeah, nobody looks at it again, and you don't ever see yeah. it. I don't even remember what it was about until you go back and go to the offsite. So this is a great place that if you have some, you know, it's a vision of the company, some goals, some KPIs, some you know, sort of uh, core strategic goals that you're going, put them in there. Have people own it. You you know, own their responsibility in it. You can do weekly check-ins, mm. monthly check-ins, quarterly check-ins. It's a great tool. I love it. That's fantastic. Well, and it all rolls up to the top, I'm assuming, in the company and everything yes, it else. Yes, rolls to the top. And like you as a business owner can then look at, you if you don't want to go into the, into the weeds, right? You can just mm. look at your dashboard and sort of see, okay, what's happening with all of these different things. I know I talk with my hands. Nice. Funny. But like, you know, you can sort of just go in and see the, the big picture stuff. Or if you want to go in the weeds, if you notice that something's happening in, in the business and you're like, but why is this always red? You can go to yeah. the department where the lag is and, you know, you know, you could kind of have some conversations with the folks who are leading that particular thing or who own it. But you can go straight to it. Also, it makes your meetings more efficient. There's a whole function within 90IO where you there's a whole thing called meetings. Like you literally click okay. it. It generates the meeting agenda for you and it, it, it generates the things that you need to focus on. You're not talking about the things that are green. It just sort of you're talking about things that are red, how to move red to yellow and how to move yellow to green. And that's really it's you know, how people always say, oh, this could have been an email, that kind of a, I think, a ridiculous (laughs) style. But nonetheless, whatever, I get it. It's frustrating. Once you sort of do that, you'll never have the this could have been an email kind of complaint because it's more about the metrics, the KPIs. This is what we decided we were going to do. This is what you need to be doing. How can we support you get you from this red to this green? What is what is the problem? And you begin to solutionize mm. there. So it's a great tool. I love, love it. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. So final question for you. Yeah. What is your definition of freedom? Oh, I just, when, when you were right that question, I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many things. I think freedom to be able to, when I wake up in the morning to choose what it is that I am going to do and okay. feel like I have chosen this. So... Mm-hmm. You know, if it, whatever it is, if it's simple, right? You know, one of the things I love doing in the morning after I get up and go take a walk is have a nice cup of chai and listen to some jazz mm. before, you know, I sort of romanticize my yeah. life. You know, I pretend I'm in somebody's movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think a part of that is just the idea of, of deciding that I've chosen to do this thing today. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And it's such a great answer, too. Carrie Ann, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, to learn more about you? Yeah, well, I love connecting with people. I'm always hanging out I, on LinkedIn. If you're there, you know, come and DM me and say, hey, I'm Jeff's, I'm with Jeff's crew. You know, I'd love to meet you and say hi and really connect because I think that's really, in the end of the day, I just believe people are really the currency of life. You know, that that's what makes the world go around is us. If you find that you're, when I mentioned some of the chaotic stuff, you know, 
we talked about <laughs> earlier, if you feel like you're kind of in that chaos and you'd like to fix it, I do have a, a wonderfully free PDF that just sort of I downloaded my brain into that sort of sort of the eight things that I think it helps identify really what may be happening in your business and some solutions yeah. around it. So you can download that. It's called the eight true culprits that are causing chaos in your business. And you can find Ooh, it, it at nobusinesschaos.com. Nobusinesschaos.com. Download it. It's free of charge just for you. Because I don't think anybody should be living in chaos. Mm-mm, not good. Mm-mm. No, not fun. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure we put all that information into the show notes so that thank you've got you, that Dad. in there. Carrie Ann, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having you me. You are just... Uh, you're so much fun to talk to. So, <laughs> I've um, loved having conversations with you, Jeff. You're the man, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. I, I want to continue the, the relationship down the road here. So, yes, um, so thank you. And folks, thank you for joining us today. We, uh, we do these for you. So certainly if you enjoy this, share it with somebody. Make sure you, you subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening or watching this. And we will see you guys back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays of every single week. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 